Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. My name is Paul Fagan, and I'm here with Jody Fisher. Hey, Jody, how you doing? Hey, Paul, how are you today? Doing well, doing well. Uh, fantastic. Um, this podcast is for all the dads out there who struggle with life's topics as they are related to family and finances. Our hope is that we can provide our thoughts, successes, and mistakes and share them with all of you. Uh, today's topic, we're going to revisit a topic we did a few episodes ago, paying for college. So this is paying for college part two. Um, now that it's uh, college application time and early acceptance and, and the kids are doing their thing, trying to get into their dream schools, um, we thought it would be a good opportunity to revisit this topic. Um, in fact, in November, I'm going to be taking my niece to Fordham. Uh, she wants to go check out the school. She's looking at several schools at this time, and Fordham is one of them. So as a proud uncle and a, and a, and a doting aunt, we're going to take her to uh, Fordham, walk around campus, and hopefully it should be fun. So um, so my current situation is I recently decided to take a, a much closer look at the family college savings situation. And it really only took me about 10 minutes total time. Um, I was using uh, two key resources that were able to give me a pretty decent forecast of what I might be up against when it comes to my kids' college savings. One was finaid.org, and the other was collegecalc.org. So I believe finaid.org gives you the current costs of any university in the country, including the room and board, books and fees. It gives you a really strong estimate of what your yearly cost will be as of this upcoming year. And then I believe College Calc takes that number, adds the inflation rate, and you just plug in numbers. What is college pay? You know, what is the college uh, cost this year? When do you expect your kid to start college, etc.? And it gives you that number. And and Jody, I had to hold my breath because the reality really kicked in, in terms of um, how much that it would cost for me to put two kids through college and granted private university for both, but it was kind of an estimate of where I think they might want to go. And it comes out to be close to a million dollars by the time my daughter graduates in 2032, if I have that right. So between now and 13 years from now, the cost of college for my two kids, if they want to go to these two universities, I picked Stevens Institute of Technology in New Jersey, and I picked Fordham University and and uh, it's close to a million dollars. So it's crazy. That's incredible. That's an incredible amount of money to pay for anything. That's would be an incredible amount of money to pay for a house, much less a college education. Yeah, it's it was it was really scary. And and you know my whole thing was and it still is. I'd love to give my kids the gift of undergrad, but I think I said this on the last podcast. But maybe elaborate a little bit. Um, I went to college got a big school loan and I had to work through school and commuted back and forth to Fordham. I tried living there a couple of times. Didn't really work for me. I was always working, going to school at the same time. When we graduated, um, there were people around me that were crying because they were leaving the university. And I was just sort of relieved. I'm like, wow, I, I only have like one job to do now. <laughs> right? right? I had one job. Right. So I, and yeah. So, and granted, I wouldn't have traded for anything that you, my wife, uh, really dear friends that we have. We have a tight circle of friends. So it's priceless. Can't put a price on it. But I always said to myself, I would love to give my kids the gift of undergraduate education. Now, 
law school, um, medical school, those types of things, master's degrees, you know, not sure if I, you know, if, if, God, if there was some, you know, windfall, maybe, uh, but I always thought that maybe I'd have the ability to give the gift of undergrad, but to be honest with you, I don't quite know. The numbers are pretty daunting. Like, they're pretty crazy, those numbers. And as much as I thought I was saving, I'm not saving nearly enough. And the returns on the 529 plans are not nearly enough. It's just really going to be you know, tough. So now I'm facing the tough truth about the cost of college. And it was kind of a kick in the head in terms of reality. So for that, um, you know, I, I have to take back, take a deep breath, and, and take a look at the big picture. Um, and of course, I'm painting what I think is the worst case scenario. And, and that includes, you know, the, the college choice and, you know, stuff like that. But really, the reality is it probably is close to a million dollars. So, you know, with Jody, I'll let you kind of jump into your side and, and maybe talk about your current situation. I know we talked about this in the past, but until I really did the numbers for myself, I, I really didn't think it was going to be that bad, but it was a harsh reality when I looked at those numbers. It was crazy. It's pretty remarkable what, what college costs in our current economy and, and the way it has continued to rise even in the however many decades that you and I have been out of college. Um, you, you mentioned something before about uh, you use the phrase dream school and you know people use that phrase dream school or my dream vacation or my dream job or my dream wedding or my dream house at I think we have to, as a just taking a step back, as a culture, we have to stop this BS around my dream school, my dream job, and my dream. You know what? It's a journey. It's not a dream. Um, and 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 going to a particular school is not going to make or ruin your life. At least I don't think. I mean, I agree with you, Paul. You know, the experience that we had in college and the people we ran into and the and the friends that we have and the circle and everything. That, that absolutely is priceless. Friends, friends and family more important than anything in life. Um, but but just because you don't get into that school that you think you you want to be at does not mean your life is ruined. And I know that, you know, especially teenagers can have this extraordinary sense of drama. Um, you got to take a step back from that whole concept of, of dream school or or, you know, making sure that everything is perfect in life, because the reality is, is nothing is perfect in life. Life is a journey, not a not a, a, a dream. Um, you know, just pivoting back to what we're doing with college savings, we do have a small amount of college savings, and I esti I, I emphasize the word small amount of college savings set aside for both kids. It's nothing approaching what it should be or what it's going to need to be, and it certainly doesn't get anywhere near the numbers that you're talking about there, Paul. And and I believe you when you put those in because you're diligent about putting in numbers. Um, but it's. You know, I have this realization that I'm not going to get to where the kids need to be with, you know, as you that's a great phrase you use, the gift of undergrad. I'm not going to be able to gift them with the, with an undergraduate experience. There's no way we're going to have to borrow some form of money to do that. Um, and that's just reality. Um, so w where I come down on this is that we're going to do the best we can with what we've got. Um and, and, and let's just take a quick sidebar here. You know, college, you, you talk about that million-dollar uh, uh, number there, Paul. Um, I think college in general is so expensive, and it's so unnecessarily expensive. I mean, it is ridiculous to, to even consider paying half of what you talked about for a college education. 
Um, and, and, you know, this is, this is just me talking, but when colleges have the tuitions that they have, but also have to give out the aid packages that they do in order to get the type of student body they want to get, something is wrong. Something is absolutely broken with the higher education system in our country. Um, that, that's just a little rant from me. So I think that's got to be fixed, but we're not going to fix that here on this podcast. Um, you know, I think what you need to do, and we can probably talk about this a little bit, go back and forth here, Paul. You know, the, the whole point of going to college is to set yourself up for the thing you want to do after college. And so you have to step back and, and take a look and figure out why you're going to college or, you, as you mentioned, why you're going to grad school and figure out what that's how that's going to advance you in life. Um, you know, buying your college education is just like buying anything else. And it, you have to consider how's it going to improve your life? How's it going to make you a better person? In this case, how is it going to make you more money over the long term? And how's it going to set you up to be successful in life? Um, going to school because you want to go to a dream school is the absolute wrong way to go into college, in my, my opinion. I think you've got to evaluate the programs. You've got to evaluate the cost of the degree. And you've got to evaluate how that positions you to be the person and be the employable person that you want to be when you get out. Yeah, I think I think you've hit you you've hit a number of great points. My my only reservation is I'm not sure if one knows what they want to do when they before they start college. Completely so, agree. So completely my, agree. Yeah, I'm a perfect case in point. I went to school, got an undergraduate degree in accounting. Took accounting for 4 years. Um I don't think I ever really saw the numbers. Had a, you know, I had a part-time job which turned into a full-time job working with computers, and and computers is where I stayed. So, the undergrad degree has helped me get the jobs that I've had, but that's because it was a degree and not necessarily the major that I took. So I didn't have a passion for accounting. I was told that accounting was going to be a strong skill set that you would need and be secure and that's how you would you know go through life and and so for kids nowadays and whether it was my age way back when or my kids now will they have a true idea of what they want to go to school for and part of that school experience is the exploratory so that's where I'm I'm troubled with you know knowing exactly up front what you want to do, because I'm not sure if, if the kids really know what they want to do. And at least I didn't. I thought I did. And I, compl- and I completely agree. And all the more reason to not pay a half million dollars to figure that out. <laughs> okay. Touche. Right? <laughs> right. That's very good. Um, you know, and, and, and so, and that's where I come back to. I, I totally, you know, when I was 18 years old, I had a, I had a great, I had an exact idea of what I wanted to do for a living when I was 18 and when I went into college and I went to Fordham specifically for the opportunity that I was going to be afforded. And I leveraged that opportunity. Here's the kicker. Six years after graduation, when I had been working in that field, I decided I didn't want to work in that field anymore. And I flipped to an adjacent field um, that I didn't study for at all when I was in college. Um, But the, the point being is that, you know, and I think we're talking mostly here about a liberal arts college. We are we are setting aside here for the purposes of our discussion, you know, a very specific line of study, whether that's pre med or engineering or, you know, things way smarter than this English major was and still is. Um, But 
I think you need to uh, balance. If you're going to be exploratory in that way, then you need to balance and, and be smart about how much you are paying for that degree. Um, and understand that that degree is going to be, as you put it, with your own experience, sort of, and even with mine, with it's it's sort of the springboard into what the rest of your career is going to look like. Not necessarily, I'm going to school for this so I can get out and be this, um, but I'm going to this, you know, I'm going to go to school and study this so I can gain this set of marketable skills, which will then allow me to pursue multiple paths. Um, look, it's easy for us to sit here with, you know, a couple decades of hindsight and say, that's how you do it. But if I was going to school again today, that's how I would do it. All good points, right? And I think at the end of the day, even if you know clearly what you'll be doing, um, I still think that you have to sort of scare yourself now as parents into what it may cost, even if just to get the idea of what it would cost. Because I think having that idea of what you might be up against will allow you to explore alternatives early on, right? And I think that's something that's very important is to start with the worst case scenario, work your way back, the numbers are on paper, you take a look at it, maybe you could boost your savings up a little bit here and there. At the end of the day, you can't get, you don't get a pass on math. So if you're making X amount of dollars and, 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 and the school costs, you know, Y, right? Um, it, it, and you can't afford it, you have to look at the alternatives, right? And then the alternatives may be loans, like you said. There, there's all these different things out there. The one thing that keeps scaring me about the school loans is I, I hear these horror stories and it's, it's all over the place. It's all in front of us, right? Uh, we have this gig economy, uh, lower paying economy, uh, there are some jobs, yes, that have that have grown dramatically. There's a lot of jobs that haven't. So, um, not dinging Starbucks or or any of these, but you have a lot of baristas and a lot of people that went to college, took out the loans, and now they don't have a. They're not even close to being able to pay them back, and their yeah. whole life is stopped. It's just stopped, and it's crazy. They 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 can't buy houses. They 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 can't invest into the economy. They can't save money. It, it's all going to the loan because they took out these extravagant loans. And then on top of it, the interest, even if it's low interest, you're still, you know, even if you're paying 4% interest on half a million dollars, that's a mortgage. And most people that I know, families working, two, two income families, they can't afford one mortgage, let alone two, right? They could barely afford the one. So, you know, I think that when you start looking at all these things in aggregate, you really have to step back, you have to do the math, and you have to scare yourself a little bit. And unfortunately, you might have to scare the kids a little bit into the right choices down the road. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Jody? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, and pivoting back towards the purpose of our podcast here, which is a financial discussion, um, I don't think that anyone, and easy for me to sit here and say, you know, harder to do in practice, but let's just say it anyway. I don't think it's a great idea to go into massive debt to get an undergraduate, a four-year undergraduate degree. Um, I think it's okay, and I think it's realistic, just like in buying a home. I think it's okay to borrow if you need, but you've got to go in um, to that situation with a plan to pay that down as you go. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to borrow 100 grand and I'll pay it off in four years. That's a bad idea. Um, 
because all you're doing is delaying reality. And as you put it, Paul, you know, you you, you don't know what's going to happen four years from now. You don't know if you're going to go in, get that degree and, you know, have a job that doesn't pay you enough or does, or how, you can't even get a job in the field that you want to be in. And you end up doing something just to pay the bills and paying off a student loan is going to have to wait for another day. That's a bad position to put yourself into. So, like I said, easy for me to say, harder to actually do. But just as I think it's a general frame of mind, you know, pulling down a a gigantic loan, taking out a gigantic loan and then paying it off someday, I think is a is a bad idea. Um, And I agree with you, Paul, that you do have to, you know, as parents, we do have to scare ourselves a bit um, and and get ourselves ready. And look, time is the best. That's why they say take out a, 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 a savings, start a savings plan when a kid is born. Time is your best friend. You know, it's going to take you that much time to save up any any realm of significant amount of money. So, um, you know, much less, much less the half million million dollars that you're talking about that you got off of those off of those websites. So, you know, start early, make it consistent, make it part of your budget, um, save everything you can, even if you don't get there. And most of us probably won't get there. Right. Let's be honest. I know I'm not going to get there. Um, with my kids to, to give them that gift that you, of undergrad that you talked about. Um, but if you get 10% there, if you get 25% there, if you get halfway there, you're better off than being 0% there. And that's, that's kind of how I'm approaching college for, for my kids right now. And, and, you know, things may change in the future. You know, as you put it, windfalls may come along or things may change where we can accelerate that savings program. But the idea being, Gets just like any other savings plan. Get started, start doing it, make it consistent, um, and put as much into it as you possibly can. Yeah, that I mean, it's all, all great points. That's what I've been doing. So when the kids were born, that we we've done it since year one. Open the five twenty nine plans. We've tried to put a consistent amount in each and every year, which I thought was enough. Um, and so we we do have some monies saved, which I think is good. I think the other things that you know parents can take a look at is you know make sure your kids are doing their studies activities there's a lot that goes into the whole college prep now my understanding is there's resumes that need to be written by the kids when we were when we were kids it was the SATs your your scores in school and um, it was your essays now there's there's uh, that plus your activities sports uh, debate um, every, they emphasize activities on top of the schoolwork so it's very competitive I think that you know kids could be in a good position if they're able to uh, get partial scholarship even so like you said every little bit helps right you're not going to cover the whole thing but if you had some savings with maybe some financial aid with some level of scholarship with some level am I going to say the J word uh, kid gets a job i did it um you know, <laughs> get a job, you know so you could probably pull it together right so there are and, and picking the right school picking the school that might not necessarily be the dream school but 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 close right and i think that's key when you're looking at colleges so i think all these things in aggregate could really help the family uh, lower those costs and kind of get their arms around the costs. like i said i painted a pretty grim worst case scenario hopefully i'll be able to between savings and maybe some financial aid and scholarships but the reality is if if you're all out there listening to this podcast and you have two people working outside the home and you have a home even if you have a mortgage or not 
the likelihood of you getting any real government assistance is very low. I think that's the reality. So you really have to plan around that and, and look at it from a big picture perspective. And just like you said, Jody, save as much as you can. Keep looking at it and, and, and keep chipping away at it. And hopefully when the kids are ready to go, they're ready to, you know, they can go to the school that they want. Might not be the dream school, but go to a nice school that they want. And everyone gets out safe, right? Without a huge mountain of debt at the end of it. So yeah, uh, Paul, you brought up some some real good in there, and and something that I believe in too, which is, you know, applying for aid, applying for scholarships. Um, you you don't have to get. Everybody thinks you got to get the one scholarship that's the four year ride. You don't have to do that. And there are thousands of you know nickel and what I'll call nickel and dime scholarships that are given out by everybody from the federal government down to local nonprofits in your area. Um, that can be, you know, $2,000, $1,000, $5,000, you know, little bits and pieces that you can put all those things together and it can really chip away at the cost of that college education. Um, you know, every, you've heard every dollar counts, man, every dollar counts in this case. And, and I just, just for fun, I Googled, where do I find scholarships? And I came up with a whole ton of websites here. And the first one is uh, studentaid.ed.gov. Um, now, you know, maybe not the website you need to go to, but here's a whole ton of links and resources about where you can find scholarships. How do I apply for scholarships? Um, does it, you know, does my scholarship affect my other student aid? How to avoid scams? You know, all types of things. Um, where you can dig in and and look for and identify and apply for and get scholarships. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a really important thing that parents need to do. And as you said, Paul, get the kids involved too. Um, show them, hey, look, here's what going to the school that you want to go to, um, whether it's, you know, the dream school or the practical school, here's what your college education is going to cost you. Here's how we need to work together to get you into that school and then to pay for that school. Um, are you in or out? And look, if the kid is going to go play Fortnite instead, well, then, you know, maybe you tell them they don't need to go to college um, and scare them a little bit. <laughs> yes. And scare them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, I think if, if college is the thing that's going to get you to where you need to go, then you need to go to college. I don't think everybody needs to go to college. I really don't. Um, I think people need to go pursue the program that they need to pursue in order to be the thing that they want to be. And that thing, like we said before, that thing might change and probably will change over the course of their lives. Um, all the more reason to not spend so much crazy money just to quote unquote, go to college. Uh, because I think that's a, that's a scam that the, that the American public has been sold. And, and I think people have really, you know, people have gone bankrupt because of it. Yeah. And I think you hit it on the head with the, at the beginning of the podcast. What is the ROI? What is the return on investment? So if you're going to make this investment into yourself or into your kid, what does the return look like? So this goes back to the old joke is, you know, do does the college have a course in basket weaving, right? Well, as a basket weaver, you may not make as much if it's costing you $100,000 a year in tuition to become a basket maker, right? So you have to really take a look at the return on investment. Uh, and so if you're going to school for technology and it's reasonably priced, then you know when you can get out into the workforce that 
if you're going to be a coder, you're going to be a technologist uh, working with computers, um, and that's going to return a nice investment. That's a, that's a higher you know, return on your investment, right? So really, I think having to do the math around that is also smart. So if your kids think they might want to do something, even in high school, jotting that down and helping them with that analysis of return on investment is helpful when you're going through this process. Yeah, agreed. Yep, yep. So I think that, you know, for us, at the end of the day, we're going to continue to, you know, um, save as much as we can and kind of push forward. So that's our that's our mantra is just put as much away as we can and hope for the best, right? So I think at this point, um, kind of go into the summary recap, the things that I took away today, Jody, were uh, do the math, right? Make sure that you have your math correct. Do it sooner rather than later. It doesn't take that long. We'll post the um, websites to the Facebook page. You could check them out. Within 10 minutes, you could figure out what you think your kid's college may cost um, or have a good idea. And then save often and early. Start today. If you don't have an account for your kid, go get that account. Uh, set it up. Put 50 bucks in it, right? And just keep moving forward. Put as much as you can. Uh, remain calm. Just take a deep breath. Step back. Look at the numbers uh, and, and kind of just sigh, of, you know, just take a sigh and, and move forward and try to look at those alternatives, uh, scholarships and all these other things that are out there and see if you could bring those numbers down. Uh, Jody, what, what, is, what is your takeaways for today? Agreed all around. I think that, you know, this is a daunting and enormous process. It's like eating an elephant. So you got to do it a bite at a time. Um, get started. Great advice. You know, make make that college savings part of your regular budget to the degree that you can, even if it's five dollars a week. Everybody can find five dollars a week to put away and five dollars a week, 52 weeks a year adds up to something. Um, so start there. And then and then just try to chip away at it as best you can. As you eliminate other debts in your life and your budget, you'll have more money to put into college um, or more money to put into that savings account. Um, my personal advice, um, I would say start with the savings account. Don't jump right into the ESA. I've been enormously disappointed with the results on on my kids ESAs. Um, I think if I was putting them into a savings account, they'd probably be doing just as good. So, um, and, and remember when you put money into an ESA, it's locked up for education. So don't, um, don't lock your money up that way. If you don't think you can just stuff it in a savings account, it's there for one thing or the other. And then if they decide they don't want to go to college one day, they're still going to have that money to do something with. Um, but, but like you said, Paul, just get started. Don't let it scare you. Um, push forward. Um, and just realize that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> That's a great, great recap. Thank you, Jody. So I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you.